Good morning. How is everyone doing today? Good. That's great. It's a great day to be here. We're so thankful for everyone that's here and visitors. Welcome to New Hope. We hope that you um, got a gift and signed in on the tablet or the card. It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord. And first, we have an announcement from Courtney, if she'd like to come up. Good morning. Um, as we kick off Pastor Appreciation Month today, we just want to take a minute to thank Russ and recognize him for all that he does for us um, daily, every day, all year long. Um, the many hats he wears, the roles he plays, um, not just for the month of October, but all year long. Um, to show our love and appreciation to him, there will be baskets set up in the front of the church and the back of the church. You can just drop a card in or whatever you want. Um, they will be back there the whole month of October. And then, as a reminder, our pastor appreciation meal is tonight at 5 o'clock in the Hope Center. Um, everything is provided. We just ask that you come out for fun, fellowship, and food, and that's tonight at 5 o'clock. We have a lot going on, so I hope you have your bulletin. Um, next week starts our ministry team nights. Um, if you are on a committee, a team, then you know all about that, and there is um, this flyer out there that shows you what night your ministry team is meeting and what time, so please get those. If you are newer or you just have never really connected to a team, um, this is a great opportunity for you to see what we have that's available. So out there are also these papers that show some of the teams that we have that are open for you to come and see if that's where the Lord is calling you. Um, so please grab this, and so next Sunday, the next two Sunday nights, not tonight, will be ministry team meetings. And um, so if you're new, grab this, see where you'd like to join in, and come and join in on that. It is open for you to visit and see if that's where you can serve. Just a reminder that it is fall, and we have a wonderful group of people that are volunteering already for our um, youth event on October 14th. So now let's switch to the kids, and October 25th is our fall festival and our gospel trunk or treat, and I definitely, we need a lot of volunteers. We have about six places that are open. So after church, if you're willing to do a trunk or partner with someone to do a trunk, um, the trunks that are available right here and what their themes are, because we go through the gospel for the trunk or treat, um, it is going to be right out here. If you could sign up for that, that would be great. So just keep a lookout. There's a lot of fun events coming up on our on our calendar for the church, and we are really grateful to be able to spend time together on Sundays and outside of church. It's fun to be with our church family. I know for me it is. We look forward to all these extra things that we do. Um, Aiden is going to come and lead us in prayer this morning. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for letting us all meet together in your house of worship this morning. And please help the worship songs and Russ's teachings to really touch in our hearts and lead us to do your will throughout this week and all the challenges and all the situations we may face. Just let us do it with a good heart and do it how you want us to do it, Lord. And that's our God. And thank you so much. Amen. Oh, 
Have you had a good day already? Amen. It has been good to be in the house of the Lord already. And uh, I had a good weekend. The, the, the weather's getting nicer outside, a little bit cooler. And uh, man, I love the, the fall time of year. It's just the, uh, the, the, the leaves start changing and man, it's going to be beautiful around in a couple of weeks. And looking forward to that again, just to be reminded of, of how big a God we serve. That, that, you know, raises the sun in the morning, sets the moon, and, and sets the stars in place, who changes the, the seasons of the year, who brings the storms, who brings the sun. He is the one that we serve. Amen? Praise the Lord for a mighty God that we serve today. We're going to continue on in our series that we started last week, Building a Strong Foundation. And, and so we're building that strong foundation so that we can become who God created us to be. Otherwise, we can't be who God created us to be if we don't have that strong foundation. I want to share with you this morning that I'm in the process of writing a book, and it is called just that, How to, how to Be Who God Created You to Be. Now, that won't be a surprise to many of you, I'm sure, as we've taken, as I'm taking this, this B series, this B in 2023 for this year and basing the book around this, uh, the B series that we've been doing and, and help hopefully building a foundation uh, for people that read it. And putting it together, I have read it and reread it and read it some more and going to read it some more. And I asked another author, I said, do you get tired of your own book? And he said, yeah, you do. <laughs> because you just read it over and over and over again. And each time I read it, I find something to change, something to put in or, or take out or a story to add or take out. <clears throat> but I want it to, to deliver the message that I want the reader to receive. Um, I say that because there was a book published in the fall of, of 1996 <clears throat> that was filled with errors. To make matters worse, it was a cookbook. That can't be good, can it? But, but it was a cookbook and all the recipes were wrong. <laughs> the title of it is called In Memory's Kitchen. And it's very likely that if you follow these recipes, the food is going to be inedible. <laughs> it's probably not going to be too good. <clears throat> but the incorrect mistakes in, in the recipes were, were, were not a mistake by the publisher. They meant to do that. It was done on purpose. 
<laughs> but why? Why would somebody purposely publish a book with all these errors in it, and especially a cookbook that's got the wrong recipes in it? And then again, why would anybody buy it? <laughs> well, you see, the incorrect recipes are, are really what the book is all about. This book is a compilation of, of recipes that were compiled by Jewish women who were put in a Terezin concentration camp by the Nazis. And this camp was built and, and put into place to deceive the world so that the world would come in and, and look and see how things are done in a so-called good way. They had freedoms, more freedoms than, than other concentration camps, but still all the people died. And most of them died of starvation. So one of the ways that the Jewish women dealt with this process of starvation was by remembering of, of all the times they gathered in their kitchen and, and cooked these wonderful meals. And thinking about the time that they spent in their kitchen with their family when they were free. And so the, as they were in this concentration camp, they wrote down all these recipes to, to preserve them. But, but since the recipes were, were written from memory, and they were all under heavy duress, the recipes were wrong. They, didn't, they couldn't recall correctly the recipes from which they cooked. The incorrect recipes were, were part of the story that, that makes this book so special. Because you go back and look and, and see these were people that were trying to deal with oppression, with starvation, and with certain death. And yet they were looking back to a time of joy in their life to deal with it. The thing about these recipes, they were... Some recipes had things that didn't go in the recipe and some recipes had ingredients left out. Well, when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ, there is no, there's no room for, for being wrong. There's no room for additional ingredients to be added to or, or ingredients to be uh, left out of. Because when we do that, the entire gospel is is put into jeopardy. And Paul reveals this in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 10. If you will, you can go ahead and turn your Bibles to that. <clears throat> Galatians chapter 1. And Paul opens his letter to the Galatians there in a very congenial way. It's a nice and pleasant greeting in verses 1 through 5. And, and he stated that he is an apostle of, of God, not of man. If you think about it, in our world today, uh, the church ordains pastors and ordains ministers. But Paul said he wasn't ordained by man. He was ordained by God. And so he sets the precipice there. And, and then in verse 6 through 10, he turns up the heat on the Galatians and and really begins getting stern with them. For you see, there were some Judaizers there, those people that were 
that were Jewish Christians, but yet they also wanted to hold on to the law as well. They believed in, in God's grace, but they wanted to be able to work their way to heaven too. But these people, by doing so, were perverting the gospel of Jesus. And he reminds the Galatians of the one true gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ that saved them. Not to pay attention and not get caught up with the, the things of the world and the teaching of the, the false prophets out there, but to be focused on the Word of God and nothing else. For anything else is not true. In Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, It says, Paul, an apostle, not sent from men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised Him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me, to the church of Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And then in verse 6, that's a pretty easy opening there, but then in verse 6, he, he begins to reveal the, the crisis that's going on there within the church. And, and, and actually he's stunned that they are, are letting go of their faith or what they knew, what they first believed in. They had heard the gospel from Paul and knew what the gospel was, but now these other people of the world were coming in and telling them something different. Does that sound anything like today? <laughs> and Paul says, I'm astounded that you're falling for that. You heard it from us, the apostle from, from, that, that was ordained by God. And so he doesn't waste any time because there's an urgent problem and a serious problem that needed to be fixed. And this problem were, were false teachers coming in and, and giving different ingredients or different ways to salvation. Ingredients that were opposite from the grace of God. It wasn't just a, another form of the gospel that, that they were trying to teach the, the, the Christians there. It was a whole other form of the gospel. It was something totally different altogether. It wasn't a, a variation. It, it, it was Christ plus works. It was in Christ alone, in the grace of God, plus something else, plus whatever you add to it, whatever it might be. And Paul is saying, folks, that is not true. That is not the gospel. And so Paul goes from, from verses 6 through 10 and, 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 and from 6 through 9, he uses the Greek word uh, for gospel four different times in that short passage there. The ingredients that make up the gospel, the things that, that make the gospel the gospel of Jesus Christ, cannot be taken away from or added to. The gospel is, is serious business because people's eternal souls are at stake here. 
People's eternal life is in jeopardy when the world begins teaching them that it's something other than faith in Christ. Because anything else is a false gospel. And that's why Paul was, was so upset. That's why there was an urgent need here for him to, to, to write this letter and get it in front of the Galatians to call them on account and say, hey, hey guys, you know, he starts pulling them back in. Here is the gospel. He says in verse 6, Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, he says, I am astonished. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting. You know, we don't know for, for sure how long they've been believers. But it's like, I haven't been gone that long and you're already falling for the false teachings of the world. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who came to you or who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. A different gospel. Verse 7 says, which is really no gospel at all. What you're hearing from other people is not the gospel. There's no salvation found in it. The only gospel is from Jesus Christ. He says, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing, throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Folks, you can get on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, whatever the social media is out there. You can turn the TV on, you can turn the radio on. And everywhere you go, there is false teachers out there. People are perverting the gospel in so many ways. And I think if we knew, I know, I mean, I see stuff every day, the teachings that, that, that the world is, is teaching just enough of the gospel to, to hook people in and carry them off. We would be astonished. We would be stunned at the false teachings that are that's prevalent in our world today. We have no idea the depth of the evil and, and, and the sinfulness in our world and the desire to pull Christians away from God with a false doctrine. So look at verse 6. The last part of verse 6. In the King James Version, it says um, to live in the grace of Christ um, unto another gospel. Now this could mean another, another version of what Paul was trying to teach. The New Living Translation says it, it pretends to be the good news. But the NIV and the Revised Standard, American Standard, uh, and many other versions say they're turning to a different gospel. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Because you see, it... it, it a Bible-believing, teaching church is going to teach that it's Christ alone. The world and, and other false doctrines and other false prophets are going to say, oh, it's, it's Christ plus this or that. 
You, you, it's just not in grace, but you've got you to do something else. Folks, it's a lie. It says there that they were turning to a different gospel, something totally different than what He had taught them, what they had learned, what they gave their life under. And that's exactly what it was. It was was something totally different. It wasn't another version of the gospel, but something completely different. It says they, they, they knew the gospel from which they believed, and now they were already allowing these false preachers and prophets and teachers to lead them astray. And what makes it worse is Paul had, Paul had warned them about these people. Paul had warned them about the, pros, the false prophets. And likewise, again, people today know the gospel. That they, you know, they are, there are people that, that grew up in this church under the sound teaching of the Bible, but yet are believing something totally different. It's a false doctrine. Paul said to them, and he said to to, to those and to us, pay attention. Be alert. Be reminded that our salvation is in Christ alone. The people, the, the false prophets of this world and today are are teaching things that, that are a little bit true, but are in total contradiction to the Bible. And so Paul responds by saying that, that listen to this, this is a, this is a hard idea to, to think. That even the angels would be cursed. Men would be cursed if they preached something different than the true gospel. Verse 8, it says, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. Let me tell you right here that that if anybody ever tells you that salvation comes by, by Christ and something else, Paul says, let them be under the curse of God. He's confirming that that Jesus came to fulfill the law and salvation is through Christ alone. No one or nothing else can save. Any other gospel is false. It's a false teaching. It's a false gospel. And it leads to destruction. He continues on in verse 9 and he says, As we have already said, so now I say it again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Anybody that grew up under the teachings of God's Word and now is falling for some other gospel, Paul says, let them be cursed. makes the claim for angels he makes the claim for men 
the people in, the, in, in Galatia, and the people here. There's no other gospel, no other way to heaven but by Jesus. In these verses, in verses 6 through 9, we, we discover the distinct ingredients of this gospel of Jesus. In verse 6, Paul says, it's the grace of Christ. It's a free gift. In verse 7, he says, it's the gospel of Christ. That Christ is a sacrificial lamb that takes away our sin. And in verse 9, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received. You see, receiving the gospel of Jesus is a personal decision that has to be made up, made by us individually. Accepting God's free gift of grace in faith in Jesus Christ alone. Grace, Christ, and receive. Those three words are the ingredients of the gospel. The gospel is about Jesus Christ and Christ alone. The, the songs we sang this morning, In Christ Alone, I Stand Amazed in the Presence, Cornerstone, Jesus is Lord of All. It's all talking about salvation is through Christ. In, in the song Christ Alone, the, uh, the first verse says, In Christ Alone, my hope is found in you. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, Firm through the fiercest droughts and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are stilled, when striving cease. My comforter, my all and all. Salvation is in Christ alone. It's not found in church. Nor is it found in baptism or, or, or found in any of our works of righteousness. It's not Christ plus. It's not like you, you go to the drive through at McDonald's and get a value meal or supersize it. It's Christ alone and nothing else. Salvation apart from Christ alone is not salvation at all. Let me ask you this morning, where is your faith? Is it in Christ alone or are there additions to it? You've all probably seen the movie Peter Pan. In the, in the stage production of Peter Pan, there's a scene where, where Hook poisons Peter Pan's medicine. And you think about it, the, the, the medicine was good. The medicine was for a cure, but one drop of poison made it bad. One drop of poison made it bad. And see, that's the same thing with the gospel. When you distort the gospel and make it more than Christ or take anything away from it, you turn the good news into bad news which leads to death. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, it says, The Spirit clearly says that in latter times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Anything other than the gospel of Jesus is poison and from the devil. 
1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. And so folks, we've got to be alert. We've got to be cautious. We've got to stand firm in the faith and be, have a foundation in our, in our spiritual life where we can combat the world when they try to bring false doctrines and false teachings to us. Remember back in Galatians chapter 1, verse 4? It says that salvation is found in no one else but Christ alone, who gave Himself for our sins. We can't do anything to save ourselves. We'll, we'll never be good enough. God did it all. Jesus did it all on Calvary. He shed His blood. He gave His life. So our sins could be forgiven. He lived a perfect life. Sinless in every way. They laid Him down and nailed His arms and feet to the cross. They raised that cross up and set it down and the blood gushed from His body. And that blood was shed to, for, to forgive our sin. He gave up His life. And they put Him in a tomb. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God raised Him to life. Amen? Praise the Lord. God raised Him from life to, to life. Because when He did that, He told the world that yes, this was my only Son. Yes, He is the Son of God. Yes, He can forgive sin. Yes, He can give eternal life. Put your hope and trust in Him. Put your faith in Him. That's the salvation story. That's the gospel. That's the gospel of Jesus. Listen to Paul's question to the church of Galatia. The same, is, same question is for us today. So, so ask yourself, how will you answer this question? In verse 10, am I trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. I shared with people on Wednesday night. I preach to an audience of one. I don't preach to please anybody. I don't preach to please people. I don't preach for what people want to hear. I preach for God because I want the approval of God 
I love y'all. But my approval is from God. And that is who I'm accountable to. In Acts chapter 4, verses 10 through 12, it says, to know this, you and all the people of Israel, listen to this, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that is, that this man stands here before you healed. Well, listen to this, verse 11 and 12. Jesus is the stone the builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone, the cornerstone of our faith. Verse 12, salvation is found in who? In no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Folks, it is in Christ, in Christ alone. Amen? And we must receive this free gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus alone by faith. We've got to trust in the saving work of, uh, of what Christ did on the cross for, for our sins. For salvation is found in Christ alone and no one or nothing else. Anything else is a false gospel that leads to death and destruction. Let me ask you this morning, is your faith in Christ alone? Are you trusting in something other than Jesus Christ for eternal life? Has somebody told you you've got to believe in Jesus and something else? Folks, if that's the truth, your salvation is in jeopardy. Because it is in Christ alone. So will you receive Christ this morning? If you've never received Him before, would you acknowledge in your heart that you are a sinful person? That, that in all of your good works, you can't become good enough to be God. To be like God. Because you see, that's the standard. In order for us to get to heaven, we have to be as good as God. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. I love you. <laughs> but ain't none of us, are we? The only way we can get there is through a Savior. A perfect, sinless Savior. And He was the sacrificial lamb that, that takes away our sin. And again, uh, God raised Him from the dead to prove that He was and is and will forever be God's one and only Son. For those of us that have already truly been saved we we got to understand how crucial the the true and pure gospel is and we've got to stand up and fight for our faith to stand firm in the faith for both the glory of god and for the souls of men that they aren't carried away by the false teachings of the world are we are we strong enough are we courageous enough to stand firm in the faith? To call the false doctrines out? To call the false pre preachers and prophets out? We were reminded this morning in Sunday school about our need of confession and repentance. And maybe there's, maybe there's something in your life this morning. Maybe, maybe you need to 
Determine in your heart today that I'm going to stand firm for my faith. I know that I've faltered in the past, God, and I'm confessing that to you now. But God, help me in the future. Because folks, the only hope for this world is Christ. Amen? But if we keep Christ to ourselves, how is the world going to know? Let me ask you this morning, how is God convicting your heart? What do you need to bring before Him this morning? Is there something in your life that you need to confess and repent of? Whatever that is, God's invitation is for you this morning. He invites you to come and make it right with Him. He invites you to come and and trust in Him alone and allow Him to walk with you day in and day out. Giving you the courage and the boldness that we need to face this world. What is God calling you to do this morning? Only you can answer that. Will you be obedient to your Heavenly Father? Let's pray together. We praise you, God. We do indeed trust in Your Son, Jesus Christ, alone. For what He has done for us, for giving His life, for shedding His blood, for You raising Him to life. And God, there is so much evil in this world. So many people, so many avenues of opportunities of people trying to draw Christians away from their faith. God, today, I pray that decisions will be made to stand firm and be reminded of the one true gospel that we believed in, that we're believing in, and will believe in. And God, that we'll stand firm in that. That we will be courageous for the one true gospel of Jesus Christ. And God, we do thank You for Your love for Your amazing love. And it's because of that love that You granted us salvation and the hope of eternity. And God, because of our love for You, we'll respond to You this morning, God, however You see fit. Because we really do want to be the people You created us to be. We really do want to have a a strong spiritual foundation God, we really do want to know You at a deeper level. And so, Father, hear our hearts and prayers this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Lord Christ this morning. 